Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome Cavs Podcast. I've got our three, our ownership group. You know, I've got uh, the Dan Gilbert uh, of the Cavs here and and whoever that tan guy with the long hair is. Like, <laughs> Isn't that Nate Forbes? Or Nate, Nate Forbes, Forbes yeah. yeah. Nate Forbes Smith here. And, uh, and, I, and Usher. Yeah. You can be Usher, Tom. I'd love to be Usher. Wait, does Usher still own a piece of the team? I thought uh, he did. No, I don't think so. I think he sold that. I think he still comes to games, but I, yeah, I think he had to sell. To cover the lawsuits. Caps the blog, sponsored by Usher and Life Alert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we kinda had a pre meeting, a state of the blog meeting before we uh a, a management meet an owners meeting, uh before we had this podcast and we we did kind of discuss the demographics of our blog. We're like we should maybe look at sponsors like Life Alert and, you know, <laughs> bifocal companies and and uh, uh, uh lawnmowers. <laughs> David Wood, after the last podcast, said lawnmower talk should be a regular, part of a regular segment, yeah, man. segment on the blog. So uh, we appreciate you all of all your ages, whether you're woke millennials or whether you. Oh are... God, I'm hanging up. <laughs> yeah, we promised we wouldn't say the W word. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't no, help no, it's it. Fine. I it's fine. It's fine. We're all a bunch of old old guys, anyway. So hey, we're not old. We're as as we said in the meeting, well seasoned. We're, we're rounding the turn. <laughs> we're in the clubhouse. I've lost Have... a lot of core strength, but my arms, shoulders, and you know, ankles are really strong. As most mid thirty year olds are. From softball and Rocket League. Yep, golf, softball, and Rocket League. That's right. Yeah, we're, we are in the clubhouse having having uh, a Metamucil and some ibuprofen. Yep. <laughs> uh, don't take Metamucil in the clubhouse. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Let's sprinkle it in your mojito. There you go. Oh, that. gosh. Anyway, so Cavs, media day today. Tribe is uh, coming down the stretch. What were you telling us about the Tribe there, EG? Oh, they, uh, they clinched the at least no worse than home field advantage in the ALDS tonight with Boston's loss to uh, the Blue Jays. So effectively, nice. the Red Sox can't catch them. The Astros still could, but um, I think they were winning tonight. But, uh, but I don't know. The, the Tribe doesn't feel like they're going to lose a whole lot more the rest of the season. So, you oh, know, no, and they're no. still focused on, on chasing down the Dodgers. So 
Yeah, what's the what's the uh, magic number? They're there? only they're one, one game back. back. Yeah, nice. and then the Dodgers, I think, were playing tonight, so I got to check that score. But I think it's a late game. So and, yeah. and I am so excited for Bartolo Colon's return to Cleveland sexy. tomorrow night. Big sexy. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, but Gosh, talk about I can't just... believe he's so old because I remember when he was a rookie. Yeah. Well, I think it's just a really cool kind of full circle moment of those late '90s tribe teams coming yeah. to to now, which clearly the best tribe team we've seen since the the late '90s. So it, it might be the best. I mean, I guess that '95 team was a better regular season team, but this team is built so much more like a playoff team. Yeah. Well, with such that better pitching that that '95 team. Well, that '95 yeah. team had Oral Hergeiser, Dennis Martinez, and then Prey. Like they didn't really have a third starter. I mean, maybe Charlie. Well, they had Nagy and then Mark Clark, but yeah, that your point remains, right? They were not like the Indians. Arguably, have like three or four Cy Young candidates. And what yeah. is going on? How is Clevenger not in the rotation? The dude's been unhittable since I like think, the Equinox. I think the reason why is because he's worked out of the bullpen before, and and he's probably a better guy to come in and and bring bring speed with a younger arm than Tomlin and Tomlin's Tomlin's actually been a really good starter yeah, down well, stretch here. What so. about Salazar then? I think they'll keep him in the bullpen. Like he he really didn't do well in that that I mean he gave up a couple of runs in that two inning stretch stint that he had last week. So I just don't think he's his confidence is there. Like I think I mean the truth is how really how often are you going to go even to your fourth starter in the in the playoffs anyways, you well, know like I mean not if you're like sweeping teams, but yeah. yeah. But well, I mean, I, and, and I see even if you even if you're not like you like Kluber pitched three times in the well, and that series was last part year. of their downfall was he sure, was, but he wouldn't have to this year. Like you, right, you'd right. have you've got three legit guys that that you know that are going to win probably what eighteen or nineteen games, seventeen or eighteen games, and sixteen or seventeen games, and you know and Kluber, Carrasco, and Bauer. So you know if you need to go to another guy, you got Tomlin, and then you got both. Uh, Salazar and and Clevenger to bring out of the bullpen to be your like, I just, early, I mean, early guys, especially if you you've seen like game. you've seen like Clevenger's ERA since July is like point five, right? Oh yeah, yeah, he's ridiculous. But he's still a rookie. I mean, he's still like not a guy that you're necessarily is. I mean, been Jared Wright was a rookie. We rode him all the way to the World Series. When you're filthy, you're filthy. Eg, I don't disagree with you. I had the same conversation with my son. And we were at the Angels game last week that they – the middle game that they won. And it's funny to bring it back to the Cologne conversation. Um, Brandon Phillips is playing for the Angels. Yeah, now. yeah. Late season trade. And I yeah. was telling my son, I'm like, you know, Brandon Phillips played for the Indians. And he's yep. like, really? Like a how long ago was that? Ago, yeah. And I said, yeah. That was a long I said, time in ago. fact, I said, in fact, because they also had a Bartolo Cologne thing up because he was coming to, to L.A. to pitch against them. And – I said they traded Cologne for Grady Sizemore, Brandon Phillips, Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee, yep, and this guy uh, Lee Stevens, who was a middle relief guy that that was yeah. okay. But for ju- he goes just for Cologne, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how good Cologne was. Oh yeah, yeah, Cologne that's was. how crazy that trade. It was one of the goes down as one of the greatest trades. Like in the history of Major Cologne, League Baseball. Cologne is the Vince Carter of baseball. <laughs> like when he came into the league. If Vince he was Carter so... was four bills. <laughs> no, I mean, he was so filthy. He threw 100 miles per hour at a time yeah. when no one else threw 100 miles per hour. Was, except yeah, was... like 
Rob, like two him, relievers. Him and Rob. Like, like, yeah, and like Mark Woolers, like the yeah. only three guys that could hit triple digits. Well, he, Pedro, Pedro Martinez could too. Yeah. I don't think he could. I think he threw. Yeah, I've seen ooh, some throw I think he threw like ninety six. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson got it two hundred a couple of times. Couple of times, but anyway, he was he was straight. He was straight filthy. He was dunking over guys the way Vince Carter did. Yeah, in, uh, the, the, the way Olympics. RJ did at Christmas last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people were calling him like the next like everything like and and much like Vince Carter, you know, he never really. You know, you know, he never really met the hype, and then despite that, he's had this really long career, and now in old age, he's like pretty effective, just like Vince Carter has been the last like six years. Yeah. I find so the I, have to, I have to apologize to our listeners because I just put, I tried to update the the news there, and some videos started auto playing, and so you've got uh, ten seconds of what sounds like calypso music there. So sorry about that. Always nice. <laughs> You're apologizing to our listeners, but not to me. Well, you didn't hear it. <laughs> That's true. I didn't hear it. I'm not even sure what you're talking Honestly, about. Honestly, it was you were going on a little long. It was like the Oscars. Oh, okay. It was like I was getting the hook. All right. All right. I'm just messing right. with you. You know that. <laughs> but but anyway. you know, I mean, you know, he did. I mean, he did win when he he won a lot of games. I mean, he was twenty five, and yeah, he okay. was twenty one and eight for the Angels in two thousand five. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. That's a great year. Yeah, with a. What was his ERA with a 3.48 ERA? Yeah, I mean, just like Vince Carter was an all-star. I mean, he was. I don't think he ever won a Cy Young, right? I don't think so. he was. I think he got close that year, but I think yeah, yeah I don't think he won it. No. Well, Kluber uh, deserves it this year, but I'm concerned that the you know the Red Sox are a big pull, and that strikeout thing is sort of. Oh a, no, no, Kluber's got in the bag, dude. Just because of the stats, you think? Uh, every and the stat, wins. Uh, every and stat, the wins. The wins. The ERA. The way he's pitched down the stretch, like if you look at their records since the All Star break, it's it's not even close. Like Sale wouldn't be in the top ten of guys since the All Star. Right. Not to mention in head to head matchups. Um, oh yeah, they were the we Indians did, just destroyed. We did beat Sale to start that whole streak, Twice. as it were. Like, but I'm saying that back twenty to back. Yeah, no, you're right. But back to back times they played Sale, like they they roughed him up for like seven runs. And we're really gonna need to rough up him. Uh, and or freaking um, Kate Upton's husband. Holy crap! Oh, for that dude, that dude's been almost as unhittable as Clevenger. Yeah, but they yeah. have his number. They always have. I know, but everyone had his number a little bit. Like, no, up until... look at the Indian stats against against Verlander. Like over his career, they always always say. Look at like the MLB's stats against Verlander this year, before and after that trade. <laughs> He's like yeah. very human, and suddenly not human. The Indians are not afraid of him. They know. I know. They know. They know they're they're and honestly, like the way I look at, I the love Indians, irrational is... confidence. Um, <laughs> Eg. <laughs> <laughs> a, a rational confidence too. I can afford to be rationally confident about the Indians. Hey, but like you know, seriously, it's, when, it's a lot of like fun. what? I mean, the only way the Indians don't win is if they're you know something like freaky happens with their pitching because they're you, not. You're I mean, even about they, win what? Win the World Series? Well, I mean, at least in the AL, because right okay. now you look at it and it's like it's been like three months since they were legitimately like out of a game. Like even oh. the games they lose are stupid little like two to one games like that they're you know i don't know if anyone is going to agree with me here but i i i see a i see a rematch of last year 
Oh yeah, it certainly seems. Yeah, possible. I can totally, I, mean, I can totally the see Cubs it. are hot. Uh, Diamondbacks are and Nationals are both good. I, I, I really, honestly feel like um, every team that's in it um, of the main, like I think the Yankees are are better than people think. Red Sox are pretty good. Houston's very good. Indians are the best team in baseball. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, yeah. but it's been a I mean, it's been a magical year for the tribe. I mean, oh, already. Yeah. I mean, that record is is pretty amazing, and that was a what it's run historic. It's yeah, it, it, and might, it was so it much might, fun. Honestly, it might never happen again. I mean, I think there's a reason the last time that happened was like in 1916 when the game was totally different and teenagers weren't woke. Yeah, and no, and and no minorities played the game. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Um, oh yeah, and that's true. That's I, when the teenagers should have been woke. And the, yep. In fact, the uh, the manager of that team uh, was a noted racist. So yeah. good to see that record go by the wayside. Yeah. Who was the manager of that team? Uh, Honestly, I mean, I again. You don't know. You no, I knew it two weeks ago. Racist. No, I do because well, I don't really want to say why I know Coach. that, but it it because it's a family show. But he had some pretty yeah. despicable um, uh, artifacts and things that he, you know, people back then that were less than pleasant. Uh, let's just change the subject. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All so right. it wasn't. He's kind of a scumbag, but in the kind of the way that Ty, Ty Cobb was. So let's just leave it. Uh, did you read that big, long article about how that whole thing about Ty Cobb was basically just made up by a sports writer in the 60s that didn't like him? No, I did not. I, yeah, I should send you that because I always grew up thinking, oh, yeah, Ty Cobb, the mean racist that would spike people. And like apparently like all the records of Ty Cobb before the 60s, like none of that is in there. And there's even... A bunch of evidence that he was very much like pro, you know. Very much woke. He was very. I don't know if I'll say he was woke, but I mean, I don't. Know, there's just a lot of very compelling evidence that, that was like fake one, news. It was like one giant hit job by some very prominent sports writer in the '60s that didn't like him, and I don't know. Well, yeah, I anyway. can believe it. So I'll have anyway. to send you that. Article. I, yeah, I'll I, send I you the interesting. I, I I'm not going to catch it spout off against managers from a hundred years ago more often unless I have the facts in front of me. But. <laughs> anyway. In other news, the, the Cavs had their media day today. They did. And a lot happened in the last week in the NBA. So uh yeah, we can we can end our tribe the blog segment and our uh our um you know brought to you by uh bifocals.com. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah the Cavs Media Day did you guys get to watch any? No, but poor Jay Crowder, man. He's got Kendrick Perkins and J.R. Smith as teammates. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's so crazy. Uh, Look, you think they brought him? You think they brought Perk back just for that, just to kind of like keep him on his toes? They brought Perk back because LeBron told them to bring Perk back. Yeah, and I exactly. just—it's one of these things. LeBron, I swear to God, LeBron, become an owner and hire a good GM. Maybe it's like Rich Paul or one of your guys. And stay the hell away from player personnel decisions. No, like, see, I I don't take it that way with Kendrick Perkins. I think LeBron knows there's no chance he makes the regular season roster. You know what I mean? What? Why would they bring him in and waste his time if he wasn't going to make the roster? I For think his just wisdom. to just to practice. Yeah. Just to, oh, it, you're saying he's on the roster? You're saying he's not part of the rotation? No, he's not going to make the regular season roster. He's not on. I don't think he's on the roster. He's, he's not, not listed. On 
roster. He's not on the training camp roster? Well, what is he like? He might be on the training camp roster, but That's he's not on the saying. official. Yeah, he's on the training camp roster. They so, can have like 20, 20 yeah, they spots have 20, on the 20. They, have ni- they brought 19 guys to camp. And they just so, brought the 20th guy today. Who, oh, who is, is I'll tell you. Uh, they just announced it. It is Ja'Cory Williams. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have a to get... Rangy, a rangy 6'8 power, or 6'8 forward, named Conference USA's Player of the Year last season while putting up 17.3 points and 7.3 rebounds per game at Middle Tennessee State University. Well, he go. was a standout at the Portsmouth Invitational before the draft. Right. Cavs hope to develop him in the G League, the G League, with the Canton Charge. He will most likely receive an Exhibit 10 deal, giving the Cavs a chance to convert the contract to one or two of their... One of their two-way slots should he impress. Cool. I like it. Breaking news. I like it. There you go. 34 minutes ago by David some. There's some serious ball played in western, central Tennessee, Kentucky State, or wherever you just said. Yeah, Middle Middle Tennessee Tennessee State. State. Middle Tennessee State, yeah. Yeah. For real. (laughs) Conference USA, baby. Yeah. Actually, I, I, agree. I don't think I don't think Perkins will make he won't make it out of training camp, but no. he'll be a good body to bang around with those yeah. guys. I mean, wouldn't you want to get Jay Crowder mad in training camp and be like, "Come on, dude!" Like, dude, I I I did it, I did not um, miss the remark LeBron made about how he felt the team was the most complete team. Did you notice that? Oh, I like, missed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they were asking him all about Kyrie and all this, and he was just like, I'm just excited because I feel like we have the most complete team. He was definitely referring to some combination of players and Jay Crowder. I know it. I just know it. <laughs> I mean, and, and the, honestly, I think the Cavs need, like, Jay Crowder. I mean, I think Jay Crowder is this year's deli. I really do. Oh, yeah. He's going to have, like, a toughness about him. He's going to play, like, fundamental ball. He's going to hit some shoot threes. Than Delhi. <laughs> oh, he'll definitely finish better than Delhi. Jay Crowder is a really underrated finisher, actually. Yeah, and, and he's just going to he's gonna bring a level of toughness that they have not had since, like, Delhi and Mozgov were gone. Not that, I mean, Mozgov was really tough necessarily, but um, I think they were really missing that. I mean, they, their identity, not that they really ever had one, but when they did, it was just such a finesse team. And I don't think you're going to beat the Warriors by out finessing them. I think you're going to have to like hit them right in the mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they've got guys on the team that can do that now, literally. <laughs> like my spiritual, yeah. my spiritual advisor, Mike Tyson, once said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so good advice. Well, you always have the, a good do a good job of derailing our schedule. So yeah. Um. So did anyone else hear the big takeaway of media day about LeBron James? Basically, that he's still his mind hasn't changed when it comes to retiring in Cleveland is the way he put yeah. it. Now, what does that reading mean? between the lines, that also means he could also sign a contract five years from now after playing somewhere else to retire in Cleveland. So you yeah. know, but. I don't I'm not with the panic that everybody else is that he's going somewhere else. I think he's totally just doesn't know what he's going to do till the end of the season and we we're, we're going to see how it goes. But Yep. And we were all talking before the podcast that I know you said Tom, you were looking forward to this season all of a sudden you're looking forward to this season much more than you were looking yeah. forward to last season. I I really am. Um I mean I just 
like I've always admired. I mean, I know he may not play for a while, but I've always admired Isaiah Thomas's motor and toughness. I've always admired, you know, Jay Crowder's um, physicality. Uh, I think that the Cavs have had a bit of a Kyrie Irving problem the last couple of years. And honestly, in a weird way, I think Kyrie might have done them a favor because now they don't have to try to figure it out anymore. They right. just have to work with what they have. And I think Kyrie is maybe the most, you know, like talented one-on-one basketball player that's ever existed. And he obviously brought value that is very valuable in the postseason and they might end up missing that maybe we'll get to the postseason and go well shoot if we just had another guy that could create a little bit we'd be fine but i don't know i mean i i just i get endeared more by i I don't know how to describe it like i don't know what it was about delhi that got me so amped up i think it was just that he was so aesthetically displeasing but he was valuable and did good things and it just made it that much like it was just a different level of excitement. Like when Kyrie would do something crazy and kind of ooh and awe, it was a level of excitement as well. But it was very different from like watching like a Delhi Tristan alley oop or like, oh, is it a floater? Is it an alley oop? You know, it's what is flob. it? Yeah, right. I, I don't know what it was about that, but just, you know, his, I felt like his spirit sort of infected the second unit and they got good. And it kind of, maybe I just, maybe spending all those years watching bad Cavs teams, you know, kind of like, you know, less talented players endeared themselves to me like the Herculoids. I'm not sure what it is, but I just feel like Jay Crowder and to a lesser extent, all these little misfit guys that we've added that are trying to resurrect their careers, whether it's Rose, (laughs) Jeff Green, or who knows if like Dwayne Wade shows up or whatever. I just sort of feel like a lot of these guys, you know, based on their immediate past performance, it's going to be pretty easy to be like, well, these guys just aren't that good anymore. And if they just have the right mindset and identity and they play with like a toughness, I just think that they could they could really be a fun team. Yeah. And and let's not let's not like act like they're a bunch of like Rudies out there. I mean, this is still the most talented team in the East, maybe the most talented Clearly. team yeah. other than just the Warriors. And they still have an insane amount of shooting. Um, but they have been lacking toughness. That is a fact. I well, mean and now they now they're not. I think they're like a very. I got that a lot of tough players now. I would agree with um, with Tom's sentiment about about the season, and I'll I'll go a step further. Probably that you know because I've been away for a little bit of time here, but I was pretty. I was in a pretty dark place after the whole you know with the Griffin thing, and then with the Kyrie wanting out, and you know I think part of it was. I, I appreciated and enjoyed Kyrie's game for what it was because I mean he's a dynamic player. There's there's oh, yeah. there's not a lot of guys that can that can pull off you know the, the the dribble no moves, <laughs> the the finishing at the hoop, the the clutch three point shots. Obviously, one of the biggest clutch three point shots in NBA history. But more than that, I think which I only in only after some you know genuflection have I realized that. The bigger issue for me was this whole – I just knew what it would mean for not only the city but the franchise and the whole – you know, it's it's the – it's just one more sort of like let's take a dump on Cleveland kind of thing where, yeah. you know, Kyrie's like, well, I'm not going to wait for LeBron to leave me. I'm going to leave, you know, or whatever the, the motivation was. I mean, it's his – his you know, his interview on first take did nothing but obfuscate his, his points anyways yeah. and, and made me like – kind of scratch my head and say 
I was pulling for this guy like <laughs> for so long. Like, I don't know that I'm on that train anymore. And it just didn't, you know, it's something that kind of started with the flat earthing stuff and, and kind of culminated with that first take interview where I thought that's just not, I don't get this guy. I'm not on board with this guy really where he's at, but I mean, like I wish him well, but you know, cause I was pretty down on the whole idea that like, I, Isaiah's hip is a problem and you know yeah it's great to get a guy like Jay Crowder but at what cost do you you know can it can Derek Rose you know find it again and stay healthy can you know a hundred year old Jose Calderon or uh, El, El Senior or you know like 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 be effective at all will they get weighed or will he get you know pulled the okay see all of those things you know it just and it just kind of I knew what the what the I knew that the next month of you know, ESPN and, and media coverage would be, oh, well, LeBron, you know, they've lost Kyrie and now LeBron's going to leave and everybody's going to leave and the Cavs are going to be right back where they were again. And, you know, and, and part of me was just like, I just don't want to have to deal with that anymore. Like, it's just, it's just, an, it's just annoying. But I just say when I saw, lifted. well, when I saw LeBron, you know, I didn't see much of media day, but when I saw LeBron talk about, you know, his, his still his commitment to the city He's not going to talk about free agency. I know for I can tell. I mean, you you get you can, listeners can believe me or not. I can tell you he's not going to Los Angeles next year, or at least um, not the Lakers. No, he was not going to either Los Angeles team next okay. year. Um, he may go somewhere a neutral site to team up with this, but I could, I could see, I mean, it's funny. Like it probably won't be New York now, although, you know, he loves playing there, but there's no reason for him to leave as long as they continue to try to get better and try to compete for championships. Yeah, and they got not, a good draft pick now, too. And so they have a good have... draft, which which they can use if they can find a guy to pry loose that's a top 15 talent but at the trade deadline. Yep. And if not, then they hang on to it and they get a blue-chip center or point guard or small forward next in the next year's draft. Like they're, that, that, that pick will be worth something, and not just – to bring like an immediate value, but also, you know, a long range value If LeBron can say, Hey, take the long view and say, it's good for me to have, you know, some young, you know, interesting chips to work with. If I'm going to sign, sign my 250 million deal next summer and stick it out here till I retire. I I just, I just feel like the way he approached it today, the energy he had, the, the, the candor he had with addressing the Kyrie situation, the the uh, how the um, how impressed he is with Isaiah's work ethic and and they feels like Derrick Rose is going to resurrect his career here. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it just it spoke a lot. It spoke volumes about and it really kind of just got me a little bit reinvigorated about you know that this team's going to be okay. And I don't. I still don't see a. I still don't see a, another team in the East challenging them. No. And if things break the right way and maybe they do get a weight and, you know, maybe there is another piece coming or, or we, or if Isaiah Paul, is that, or is that, or Isaiah is that piece that, that winds up in coming back in January and, and going back to his old self, because I guarantee you, if he's out there and healthy and playing like he, like he can, he's going to look for Kevin Love a lot more than Kyrie did, uh, you know, his old buddy. Kevin Love, who he, he grew up with and took, you know, that funny photo of in AAU ball back in the day. But yeah, um, yeah no, anyways, I'm actually, that's, that's one of my rant about how not really rant, but just like 
I think just a positive reflection of how I was in a dark, negative place in the middle of the summer as far as the Cavs go. But I, I feel invigorated by LeBron's approach. He, he seems more kind of in command of everything around him than, than he's been yeah. since he came back. Yeah, well, I, I just I, love the you guys you're either with us. Nope. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. No, I was going to say, I love the you're either with us or you're against us line. I mean, that got me pretty excited. From LeBron? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, LeBron's always been this sort of, oh, the NBA is a fraternity, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so to hear him be like, hell no, I'm not giving Kyrie no advice. He's not on my <laughs> team. Like, that just, I, I like hear hearing that. that. Do you hear that uh, quote about, I don't care if it was my son on the other team? Yeah, oh, no, I, didn't. I wouldn't That's tell him. I wouldn't tell him yeah. S blank blank S or S yeah. blank blank T. You know, yeah. Yeah. if he came home, I'd feed him dinner. But that's about it. Yeah. That's no, but it's good. telling. I mean, the fact that he yeah. said he said I tried to do whatever I could to help the kid out so he could be the best yeah. player he could be. I tried to give him every, everything, give him as much of my DNA as I could. At some point, when he was ready to take over the keys, I was ready to give them to him. Yeah, and it's I like, think that points to kind of the biggest problem with Kyrie is he always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, you could yep. you could kind of tell it from the first take, and he has a contempt. He seems to have a contempt for people and ideas and questions that he feels like are beneath him a little He's bit. always yeah. felt that way. And when yeah. he was a young, immature player and the Cavs weren't winning anything and they were getting embarrassed on national TV against the Knicks – um, you know, he would just sulk. Like he didn't, he didn't want to be challenged. And it's yeah. like, hey, man, like this is part of the territory. Like the, you know, the 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 max contracts, the Pepsi Max thing, which you know, give him credit for coming up with that script and stuff. The shoe deal, you know, the vines. Like there, there's also the criticism. Like that's that's part of it. You know, you don't yeah. just get like the good things that come with being a superstar NBA player. And he just, you know, always seemed to not want to kind of own up to anything ever and just shy. I mean, just to the point, like you said, like he didn't even want to ever talk about any of this stuff. Um, I remember the, remember that whole like that co- press conference he did where he just made all these excuses. and He's like, look, I'm just a young kid and all this stuff. I'm like, what are you? I mean, what are you doing talking about how you're a young kid? Like, yeah. I, I mean, you're I don't care if you're what age are you? you're making like seven million dollars a year. And you're playing professional basketball. Like no one cares what your age is. It's like we don't get a handicap for your age. I mean, why would you bring that up? I don't know. And it was just he was sort of like get off my back. And it's like three coaches later, he's still I don't yeah. know. I, I just, well, that's not going to work with the Boston media. So, and the Boston fan base. So we'll see how he does in a larger magnifying glass yeah. or under a large magnifying glass. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I mean, if he works out. The, the glaring weaknesses in his game, you know, credit Brad Stevens, credit him or whatever, but um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm interested to see how it goes in Beantown. Yeah. Hey, Nate, I, I want to hear what, I want to hear what you have to say. Nate. Yeah. I'll just well, actually uh, I, one of the, one of the fellow Cavs blogs, uh, fear the sword uh, had a really good piece on Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think it was August 23rd and it was basically climbing the mountain with, Kyrie Irving and it was all about how you know Kyrie never really had a lot of friends on the Cavs he was always pretty solitary um he always kind of looking out for him um everybody was calling him a uh 
a PU blank, 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 Y uh, when he was sitting out games and, you know, the playoffs <laughs> just a few say, years ago. You just say it rhymes with a wussy or something. Yeah, a wussy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, um, and, and how he kind of always, like we talked about, had to be the, the smartest guy in the room. So I'm, I'm not glad to see him go, but I do feel like you said, like a cat, a, a cloud has been lifted off this team. Um, I, I really feel like, I really feel like his attitude, you know, he was always the laziest about getting back and, you know, it was like, he was a very high variance player. You know, you, you didn't get that consistent workman like game from him. You had some games where like, you know, the best example was that San Antonio nationally televised game where he like left Charles Barkley speechless saying it was the best regular season game he had ever seen. Um, You know, he could do you stuff had, like that. You had the final three games of the 2016 final. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. He was, they don't win those unless he plays. Well, another, he outplayed Steph like, Curry. He outplayed the MVP. I, can, we just like, can we just call playoff Kyrie playoff Kyrie like he's a different person? Because yeah. he kind of yeah. was. Like, yeah. yes, we are losing playoff Kyrie. We're all extremely distraught about that and have a lot of anxiety. But we're talking about regular season Kyrie right now because it's media day. Yeah. And we're getting ready for the regular season. Heck, and we're regular not even getting season. ready for the regular season. It's we're getting ready for the preseason. Right, right. <laughs> yep, training camp. Yeah, but I, I totally like you said, Tom. Uh, or as you guys kind of implied, a, a cloud has been lifted, and I'm super excited to see how, like you said, a guy like Jay Crowder fits on this team. I feel like he should be in the top five in minutes on this team, regardless of who starts. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, yeah, even definitely. if Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose start for this team, I feel like. Uh, he should be like third in minutes. You know, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder should be the ultimate glue guy for this team. Like, I'd love to see him be sixth man of the year because it doesn't look like he has a shot at starting. Um, yeah. Especially if the Cavs sign Wade, but he, he certainly could be third in, you know, second or third in minutes. So I, I'd love to see him uh, embrace that role. And he literally is on possibly the best contract in the NBA right now, making like $8 million a year for the next three years. Um, I don't even think it's that much, is it? It's like it's seven it like and change. Yeah. yeah. No, it's seven and change. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a phenomenal. It's no, contract. it's no PJ Tucker deal or whatever. Or no, uh, who's the other guy that got the big deal today for, from Phoenix? Oh, um, Oh gosh. What's his name? Yeah. This, the super mediocre small forward. That's never yeah. done anything. Um, it's going to drive oh, me nuts. I'll, yeah, I'll look it up. up. Yeah, but you know me and names. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know all about that. Uh, TJ Warren. TJ Warren, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about yeah. to say TJ Ward, and that didn't sound right. So. <laughs> no. But, yeah. Like he, mean, was a, he was a brown, TJ Ward. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Where is he now? Who picked him up? I don't know, because Denver cut him. I don't know who picked him up. I think, I think like, I want to say Tampa Bay picked him up. Okay. Yeah, so I'm super excited. I've said for a couple, for a few weeks, it's going to be really fun to watch the back end of this Cavs bench. I mean, between Zizic and Chetty Osman, and they're going to have two guys on um, four-way contracts. There's going to or two-way contract. There's going to be a legit four guys probably in Canton Charge that you can go watch on a pretty regular basis that are going to be there that our actual Cavaliers, that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it'll be like yeah. on a triple A and double A ball, you know, and the G league, the G league. And I feel like their bench is going to be so much better this year. And 
I just feel like they're a lot deeper. Uh, Calderon aside, you know, El Senor, as you called him, that's a great name, nickname, by the way. Yeah, yeah, by the way, Jose, you can get a discount at Cavs the Blog. Just bring your <laughs> AARP card. <laughs> you get, well, he's a, he's eligible for a Golden Buckeye, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, Wait, no, but it is his name. His name actually is, if you do an anagram or a... Hang on, anagram maker. I'm pretty sure it does. You can actually spell that. <laughs> Keep talking. Hot, hot typing action on Cavs the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here, here, Jose Calderon. The top anagram is uh, Cajoled Senor. So <laughs> I like that. That is my like nickname that. for him, Cajoled Senor. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we're all pretty excited. Uh, I thought LeBron said a lot of fun stuff. Kevin Love looked like he was in a great mood. Um, just everybody seemed like they were in a good mood, so i like to see that. And yeah. By all the reports, uh, Derek Rose looks really good, so maybe maybe he's been hooked up to the Juvenation machine. Um, certainly, there's very, not been a lot of guys that playing with LeBron James has hurt their careers. So... Uh, it, it, I mean, look at uh, look at Champ. Look at uh, James Jones. Uh, it didn't hurt his career. So yeah, no, um, and, and I think I think too the you know even even some of the Isaiah Thomas clips today, and the and the way that LeBron talked about Isaiah. Look, I I, I still have my doubts that 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 he can get back by January or be nearly as effective as he was. Last year, but look, if he can be 80% of the player he was last year, if he's playing with LeBron and he's passing the ball and, and can, and can at least, I mean, he's a good spot up three point shooter. So, you know, look, he can certainly be help give them an extra dimension when he does finally come back. You know, I just, I just hope he can overcome the hip thing and, you know, did you, did and, and you be hear healthy. The, did you hear the Isaiah Thomas response on the, uh, question of what's it like rehabbing in Cleveland versus rehabbing in Boston, and his no. his answer was this team has a lot more resources is what he said. <laughs> like, wow, that's a that's a shot across Ooh, the bow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, they the Boston Celtics actually fired their almost their entire training staff in the off season, and a lot huh. of the speculation was about it was because of how poorly they handled his hip situation. Right. So well, I mean, you got the Cleveland Clinic. It's hard to beat yeah. those guys. Yeah, so. but they, and the Cavs have done a good job. So they've always done really good. And doctor. and Jeff Green's close to his heart doctor again. So <laughs> Jeff Green, do you think Jeff Green will play much now that they have both Crowder and they're trying to bring Osman along? And I, I think, and uh, I think Jeff Green will get those uh, those Richard Jefferson minutes. That so does Richard Jefferson go away? Yeah. So yeah, we need to talk about it a little bit. So the rumor of the day, Dwayne Wade, Cavs are the front runner to sign him. Now that he's been bought out, the problem is the Cavs are at 15 guaranteed contracts and that's with, and that does not include Kay Felder or Walter Tavares, who you got to think one of those guys or both those guys are probably gone by the regular season. So that means the guys on the end, you're talking about real rotation players that the Cavs thought they'd be counting on are probably going to end up being cut. I mean, Richard Jefferson and Jose Calderon are probably the two names I've heard is most likely with Richard Jefferson being, you know, a guy they think they can probably trade to another team. Really? Yeah. 
Just for cap relief or? Uh, no, I mean, not even cap relief, like a team that a, a playoff caliber team that feels like they need another guy that Richard. Like Jefferson the Spurs? Can, like the Spurs. Uh, I don't think the Spurs, because from all accounts, if you listen to the road trip yeah, podcast, how he left. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Popovich was not a Richard Jefferson fan. <laughs> But uh, I could see a team like Memphis or a team like the Clippers, something like that. Could I wonder if Phoenix? I wonder if, if Champ would would say, "Hey, we we could take we we could use an RJ here to help." I mean, I the young think, guys. I think RJ would rather go to a team where he has a chance to win. But um, I think he would have rather just retired when he when he said he was going to retire and be done <laughs> and be done with it all. Well, I think if that was the case, he could retire now. I mean, he just. I mean, he he's he could still play. I mean, he played in the NBA Finals like a lot of minutes. I yeah, mean, two and a half I'm million sure. dollars is two and a half million dollars. So I know for sure, for sure. Yeah, and he played in one of the highest rated. What was it? The highest rated Finals since Jordan. I mean, not bad. Yeah, and he yeah. got all this like extra fame from his road trip and podcast. Oh no, too. he's definitely. Uh, given himself a boost to his post-NBA broadcast and media career, which he's always said he wanted. So, For Oh, yeah. Sure. He'll be For great. Sure. He's oh, really he excellent. He's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Well, so and do we that's, think... That's, well, yeah, I just ahead. want to finish up. My biggest concern about that is if they break up the road trip and I'm going to be so bummed. Like, I would yeah. much rather they cut Calderon just to keep road tripping in town. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, unfortunately heard, they're probably going to need Calderon if they don't I heard get Cap the blog is hiring geriatrics. So. <laughs> they need old senior step on up. old <laughs> senior, there you go. Um, so when it comes to Dwayne Wade, I mean, do you think a Tom? Do you think he's going to sign here? And B, how do you see him fitting? Uh, you know, regular season and postseason. Well, Mark Neal texted me tonight and said, we got to talk Thursday <laughs> with Wade. They'll be nine deep. And I was like really stunned. And so I quickly like, checked the internet to be like, oh man, wow, Wade already signed with the Cavs. And he didn't. And so then I texted him back and I just, I, I knew he hadn't, but I just texted Mark. I was like, he already signed with the Cavs. And he's just like, no, but he will. <laughs> so I was like, dang, all right, someone's. I like Mark a lot. But, I, I, yeah. I wonder if we could ever get him on Cavs a podcast or something because he's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure, he could. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> um, but to answer your second, so I guess I'll go with Mark and say, yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure it's a great fit, to be honest. I mean, the last time LeBron and Wade were together, um, the uh, the Heat were getting curb stomped by the Spurs, and Wade's only gotten older and worse. And I think. I don't know. I mean, I think this Cavs team is more talented than that Heat team, top to bottom. But um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I don't know. Isn't isn't Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose a little bit redundant in what they do? Kind of like spotty yes. outside shooting, likes to have the ball in his hands, likes to kind of, you know, has those, you know, jab step moves, those pet one-on-one moves they like to use. I mean, they're not spot-up shooters. Uh I I just don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like the Cavs went from a team full of like amazing spot up shooters to adding like a bunch of people in the off season that aren't good at that. And now they're looking at Wade. Like, do, you, do I mean, where does I don't know? I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think about it and talk myself into like, oh man, that's like the difference right there. Now we got Dwayne Wade. Right. I don't know. I will say, well, as you know, a 
guy that can play the guard spot and handle the ball uh, until maybe Isaiah Thomas gets back. I mean, the Cavs just do not have enough of those guys. I mean, because right now they have Derrick Rose and LeBron and, you know, Senior Cajones or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, that's, that's not a real deep set of playmakers. So the fact that you can have Wade bring the ball up, initiate an offense, um, is certainly is valuable. I mean, you can't have too many playmakers on, on a team in the NBA anymore. So I, that side of things I'm, I'm fine with. It's, he gets in trouble when his minutes get too long, uh, and, and he's got to play a lot, but, I, I think he'll be okay from that perspective. Um, the real question is, is, you know, how do you run the lineups? Do you start Dwayne Wade? Cause from everything I think, I, sorry, go ahead. I think you have to start him because that's one of his, that's the prevailing thought out there is that's one of his stipulations and why he probably wouldn't choose Miami because the heat won't guarantee have waiters. It. Yeah, they have waiters, and they have and they have Dragic, who had a. I mean, he and Dragic kind of didn't coexist very well yep. when he was there. Um, and the Cavs have already gone on record saying, like, if he comes here, he'll start. And I can only assume he would take Jr.'s spot because yeah. they've said that Rose is going to start too. So your starting backcourt would be oh Rose, Wade, with LeBron, Kevin, and Tristan up front. So I look. I I don't disagree with Thompson. Like. Wade is at this stage of his career. He's thirty-five. He doesn't have the legs he had at one point in time. He's never been a very particularly good outside shooter, except for when he like weirdly like focused on it that that during that playoff run. Except when he played the ago. Cavs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but but that was just it. Like, look, if Rose decided he or not Rose, if if Wade decided he wanted to just be that spot up shooter guy, he'd probably pull it off because he's athletic enough to do it. But I, I actually don't mind. Nate, to your point, that that he would be almost a spot starter, you know, like like you you start him, you know, the you start him for the first you know four or five minutes of a game just to get the flow going, and then he's the first guy to check out, which allows him to come back in and run the second unit when LeBron sits, you know, towards the end towards the end of the first quarter, you know, so you then kind of get that maybe you, maybe you you could because the Heat seem to have success doing that when they would like, you know, they'd kind of divide it up a little bit more that way and have, you know, where they didn't have to necessarily always play off of each other. Cause that's where it's, where it's tricky. Cause they both, you know, they, they've got, you know, similar skills and, and Wade's not going to be the best, you know, go run to a spot and catch and shoot. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it can never have too many ball handlers and playmakers and certainly having Wade around will, will keep, We'll, we'll keep LeBron in a good mood, most likely. So, Yeah, and, I mean, he wasn't abjectly awful last year. He averaged 18 no, he points wasn't. a game. But he, he did he did uh, have a career-low field goal percentage um, at, I think it was 43%. And his RPM was, like, negative .91, which isn't great, but isn't absolutely abysmal. Um, he's a guy that, and that team was really dysfunctional at times last year, and... Uh, he was in some bad situations. He was forced to kind of be the volume scorer, which he really shouldn't be doing at this stage of his career. Um, yeah. he's the thing. The good thing about it is though, that none of the t- other teams that are thinking about signing him are really worrying me that much until the finals. So right, 
No, I'm not concerned. Honestly, I'm not really concerned. He's a difference maker that much for anyone. Um, I, I even if he signed against, you know, who's the second best team in the East right now? Toronto, Boston. maybe. No, <laughs> Toronto. No, I, I would still say Boston. I think. Uh, I mean, Gordon Hayward. I, I disagree. Legit. They're not. Yeah, I know. You said they weren't going to make. No, no, no. The problem with Boston is they're not deep. They're, yeah, that's they don't true. have. Well, and the bigger you know, problem is they were the worst rebounding team in the la- league last year, and they're worse this year. So yeah. I mean, they got well, they got rid of they got the rid board. of the only guys who could rebound other than Al Horford, yeah. who we know can't rebound in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, we know as long as Al Horford's on the team, as long as Tristan Thompson isn't injured, which he never gets injured, the Cavs are going to own that series. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I kind of see him token starter and play him 20 minutes a night and give him a lot of nights off in the regular season. And I, I would make him, yeah, I would keep him in rows 20, 24 minutes a night max, you know? Cause you know what the, you know where, you know where you need Dwayne Wade. And this is why I thought, Hey, it's great. You know, I, I was a little shocked that Chicago bought him out as soon as they did. Cause I thought it would be more of a mid season thing, but where you, where you want to have Wade is, you need a guy to put on Clay Thompson because LeBron's guarding KD yeah. or or you know Crowder's guarding you know uh, you know Green or what, you know, what however you construct it you want to have another guy and we as we saw last year with Shumpert like he's not that guy anymore or, or or just for whatever reason can't be that guy so I trust Dwayne Wade on a Clay Thompson a lot more than a, than a lot of other guys yeah uh, and defense, he still defense. has really good defensive instincts. Um, one of the best in his prime defensive guards I ever saw. Yeah, I mean he was one of the few guards that ever averaged over a block a game, which is yeah, really oh yeah, and still steals the ball quite a yeah. bit. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He he was one of the best like guards for getting blocks ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean he had some blocks in playoff games that I still remember to this day. Yeah, um, he does have good instincts. That's a good that's a good way to describe him. Yeah, and he's still actually even last year, um averaged oh where was it dang it i went right by it um he still averaged 0.8 blocks a game per 36 minutes last year which is and the other nice thing really low turnover rate uh 4.6 assists you know 2.8 turnovers uh still got 1.7 steals for 36 minutes so yeah, i mean i guess certainly... if you look at it like would i rather have shumpert or wade i oh. mean i can't say wait <laughs> fast enough <laughs> yeah exactly like Wade knows how to play basketball and isn't, you know, in a game that matters, you know, not a random game in March, he's going to be in the right spot all the time. Whereas Shumpert just, it seems to have the opposite effect when he goes in in a clutch situation. He just seems to do the wrong thing every time. Yeah. So I I kind of see him having a Joe Johnson with Utah role. You know what I mean? Like, he was kind of real quiet, flew under the radar all season, and had a couple big playoff games. Yeah, he you know, did. He's a guy that can come. He'll definitely be able to come up for you in spots. So, and like you said, the less we see a Shumpert, the better. Amen. <laughs> I actually, I still think there's a chance they get rid of him before the season starts. Shumpert. Yeah. I mean, I think a team would have to have an injury and would be desperate to take his contract. Because the problem is, is they don't have enough draft picks to pay someone to take his contract, and they don't. Maybe they could bundle him with a guy, you know. Maybe they bundle him with a Zizic or something, and send maybe. him somewhere. But yeah, I just or somebody gets hurt and they desperately need a two guard. So 
Yeah. Or, you know, Vivek Ranadive loses his mind again. <laughs> so if they get, should we use, I mean, do we talk starting lineups if yeah, they get so Wade or, yeah. or if they, I think we if they do, don't get Wade? So give me your starting lineup and your six man with Wade and without Wade, EG. Um, I think I'd probably go at start of the season anyways, pretty vanilla. I would, you know, I would just say exactly what, what Tyloo's suggesting, at least to start, just to see how it, how the flow is. Um, it might take him a little while to get it in gear, but, you know, start Rose and start Rose and Wade in the backcourt if he signs. And then uh, LeBron, Kevin, and Tristan in the front court. I think your sixth man is Crowder. And then, you know, when – I think when, when uh, IT comes back, you know, then he replaces Rose in the starting lineup. And maybe you work him in. Maybe you maybe you let him ease his way back in and use him as your sixth man for a little bit. And then, you know, and then eventually he replaces Rose in the in the starting lineup, in which case Rose is then probably your first guy off the bench once that happens. And then, yeah, I think I think JR still gets a, a fair number of starts because Wade's probably, you know, Wade's probably only starting – you know, 50 games and, you know, and, and JR starting the other 32. So, you know, that's probably how I would do it. I'm not, I I would tend to keep it as, as vanilla as possible at this point, because, you know, there's no reason, there's no reason not to and see what you have. Okay. Tom. Well, I like Wade coming off the bench more, um, kind of running the offense, Uh, you know, so I would, I don't know. I think it might be kind of cool to have like a Wade Isaiah Thomas squad um, plan and then run, I guess. I don't know. I, we just have so many guards that don't fit with LeBron. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess ideally, you know, you I would want, um, yeah, I guess Derek Rose at the one and. JR at the two because I want I want more shooting around LeBron. I don't want two guards that can't shoot, and I don't want to start Calderon. And then I would, and then I would go, uh, yeah, LeBron at the three. I think that's the subtitle of this uh, podcast is quote yeah. I don't want to start Calderon. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then you know LeBron at three, Caleb at four, Tristan at five. And then um, off the bench, you know, comes uh, Crowder, Wade. I don't know, maybe Calderon. Um, what about Corver? I forgot about Corver. Oh yeah, Corver. Corver. Oh man, maybe you start Corver. Do you start but Corver? For who though? For Jr. Oh, in your scenario where. With Wade coming off the bench, yeah, maybe. Man, the Cavs are deep. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah, they are. That this, was this is going to be some tough decisions. How about you, Nate? What's your what's your um, starting? Lineup? I really don't want to take Jr. out of the starting lineup because the only great shooters you have in that starting lineup are Jr. and Tristan and Kevin Love. Or uh, that's what I meant. Uh, not Tristan. Oh. Kevin Love. I meant Kevin Love. All oh, right. Okay. Sorry. So actually, my idea is you start uh, Rose and Wade and Jr. and LeBron and Kevin Love. You bring Tristan off the bench, which is a role you know he can play. Um, 
Hmm. And uh, and then you've got you know your all offense unit. Yeah. That's your your token starter unit. You sub one or two guys out at the eight minute mark of the first quarter. And then wait, you, so would you start Kevin then at center? Yeah. In that version, okay. Yeah. And then you can kind of get him rolling in the pick and pop game. And then maybe you make him the centerpiece of the offense at that eight minute mark. You bring in Tristan and you bring in like uh, you bring in Tristan and you bring in another guard and uh, and you make him the centerpiece of that offense. And, you know, Tristan for the energy and maybe you bring in a a Calderon or you bring in a Corver uh, and you just uh, you just keep it rolling. I, I kind of feel like. They're you haven't of, mentioned you haven't mentioned your favorite guy off the bench yet. Who's that? And you, you're ten guys deep. It's Chetty Osman. Chetty Osman. Oh well, gosh, yeah, forgot about him. Chetty the Jetty. I, the Cavs are going to have some tough decisions when you know Chetty Osman looks like the second coming in the preseason. We're going <laughs> to <laughs> wait. The second coming of whom? Well, I didn't say whom. I don't know yet. <laughs> Tony Kukoc. Uh, that's Ooh. not a bad comparison. I, I think Andres Nocioni, like a lankier Andres Nocioni. There's a, yeah. there's a name. There's a name you a haven't long. heard in a while, but he's actually was playing for Argentina till like one or two years ago. He was just right. went back to Argentina. Europe. I forgot about that. Yeah, he just went back to Europe huh. and wasn't in the league for a while. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, it gives you a chance. I mean, look, I don't know if I'd start that that lineup, but it's a good lineup to be your five out lineup, right? I yeah. mean, if you're if you're if you can bring in just all shooting at every position where you you have Kevin at center because he's six ten, he can fit he can fit there. You have Kevin, you have LeBron, you got you know you got what uh, you put Corver at the other forward, if not Crowder, who hit forty percent from three last year, yeah. and you don't lose anything defensively. And then you've got, you know, and then you've got Jr. and It potentially. If that's your five out lineup, then you know, I mean, you'd probably have to have Crowder on the court then just to protect yeah. defensively uh, on the It side. But um, I, I am a little yeah. concerned about Dwayne Wade eating into guys' minutes like Jay Crowder and that shouldn't have their minutes eaten into. Yeah, uh, but. Like I said, you need more guys that can handle the ball. I mean, but I don't think Dwayne Wade's going to be happy being, you know. I actually think he'd probably eat more into, like, Corver's minutes or yeah, probably. JR's minutes or certainly Shumpert if they don't get rid of him's minutes. Yeah. You know, because Wade's still a backcourt player. I mean, he's not, he can't really play Wade at small forward. No, um, no, oh, I, no. Think, no. I think probably. The ideal situation for me would just be Wade and uh, Rose splitting the point guard duties. Sure. You know, splitting the one guard duties, which, you know, a one guard on a LeBron James team isn't the same as a one guard anywhere else. You just need to basically take the ball handling duties away from LeBron half the time, you know. Yeah. I just love the idea of if guys, if there's enough guys like Rose and Wade that can that can handle the ball even if they're not point guard esque guys, they're guys that can handle the ball that that aren't gonna be a disaster like Shumpert was, <laughs> or uh, yeah. like a poor Kay Felder was whenever he was in the game. Like you've got guys that know what they're about and they know how to find LeBron on the floor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and if LeBron's motivated and cutting, that's kind of devastating. They yeah, have that kind of that kind of ball movement. 
that really only Golden State can probably rival, you know? Yeah, or if the defense falls asleep, you can get all the way to the basket and get a bucket. You know, For sure. Both those For guys, sure. Rose and Wade, can still get a bucket when the shot clock's winding down. Which, yeah. you know, anytime that happened with Shumpert, we all cringed. So, Oh, man. I feel like I'm in a barber shop. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, we still got a lot to talk about, So, but it, it, we're, we're starting to get a little long here. So I, I want to ask you guys' take on the mellow trade. Uh, do you think mellow? Wait, I didn't know mellow was traded. Oh, geez, Tom. It's <laughs> where do you go? Like, do you go to Houston. Here's what it's like. Here's what it's like. EG. It's like <laughs> yeah. going to visit my grandpa at the old folks home. And I got to give him the news of everything that happened over the last week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So mellow got traded to Oklahoma. City. Did you not really not know this, Tom? Or you're just playing with us? I, I uh, maybe I did hear he got traded to OKC for for basically <laughs> no for I did I did no I did not hear that no I did not hear that basically for, basi- for Ennis Cantor. for basically nothing yeah yeah um so now you know OKC has their big three certainly has more shooting than they had last year um do you think oh that, wow yeah I mean that's a solid shooting lineup to put around you know Westbrook yeah Mellow's a it's great- not a lot of, it's not a lot of size though. No, but you still got Cantor in the middle, and you've got nope, a guy like Cantor. Cantor was traded. not Cantor uh, Adams, and Stephen Adams, yeah. and you've got yeah. a guy like Roberson out there who can switch everything. Um, they got a yeah Roberson's good. Yeah, Roberson's player. a good defensive guy, but he's a terrible offensive player. But you can the yeah. bench is not the bench is pretty thin, but it's going to be thin. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's just who they are now. Do they still have? Do they still have Tosh Gibson or did they get? Yeah, no, no. they've got Tosh Gibson. Okay. Well, that's not bad. That's not a bad six man. Yeah, I mean that that they certainly in a playoff series, I feel like they could scare a team like Houston or Golden State more than they did last year. Well, um, sure. And and Paul George, I mean, I don't sleep on that lineup because that's a team that you can't really double anybody anymore. I mean, I I got to think they're going to have. That's to... right. They got Paul George too, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. You, you got to find a way to oh, basically dang. sit Roberson in crunch time. Oh man, I am but... suddenly like an OKC fan just because I feel like they have a chance to. <laughs> well, can you imagine if they beat the Warriors? That, that would be, be the best. That would well, be the best. Not only would that it would be the, not be only best. would it be the best, but even if they don't beat the Warriors, even if they they're just impressive. It's a much better chance they keep that team together for another year than everybody bolting to Los Angeles, which again just destroys any paper argument that that the people that that are clamoring for LeBron to go to LA would try to put forth. Yeah, no, I think what happens with LA is nobody wants to deal with uh, <laughs> nobody wants to deal with the Ball family. Yeah, not even Magic, and I don't think he can he can't admit it yet. So, I mean, I, isn't it also possible that LA is just mismanaged, like they have been for years now, and they'll continue no, to be mismanaged? No question. No question. Yeah. It, it, like this Lonzo, idea that the Lakers' ascent is like imminent. I don't understand. <laughs> I, honestly, I think they should have taken Fultz, but or not Fultz, but uh, the the guy that that Boston wanted Tatum. Taking. Tatum, yeah. I I think Mellow Ball is a really talented player. I just. Don't know how successful he's going to be until he becomes. Well, that was his brother, so you mean you mean Lonzo? Lonzo. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how successful he's going to be until. I think his dad's going to be a huge distraction. Sure. And and a lot of the people on the team are going to resent 
him. But I think his I think his upside is Jason Kidd. Oh, absolutely. Right? I'm not I'm not arguing with you. Like he's not magic. No, but like magic magic could shoot. Magic magic was No, magic could not also, shoot when he came in the league, but he could play in But he, magic was six but magic didn't have that yeah. crazy chicken wing jumper either. I mean, his his jumper is about as good as uh what's his name? My kid Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I mean, Ooh. it's not good. No, oh. I mean, it's not good. Ben Worth broke and, down and, his and jumper Magic last was, year. Magic was six foot nine. Like Magic played center in in his first year with the Lakers. Like you know, it, it, when when he had to fill in for Kareem. Like that's it's a different kind of player. I just feel like yeah. he's more j- the Jason Kidd mold, which is fine. I mean, Jason Kidd still had an yeah, All Star. The one and, big difference is Jason Kidd wasn't a great shooter when he came in the league, but he was a, already a really good finisher. And and Ball is not the finisher Jason Kidd was when he came in the league. Right. No, I'm saying he can aspire to that. No, no absolutely, don't... absolutely. Yeah, but he may have some 20 assist games. Like it, he he may he may have that because that's the one thing he's really kind of preternaturally good at. That we saw we even saw that in summer league, just the, his ability to you know to set teammates up, which is great. I mean, good no, for him. He's the best young passer I've seen since LeBron. Yeah. Like just a guy that can just instinctively get guys ridiculously easy buckets. Well, wait, what about the guy that didn't play at all last year that Philly drafted? I thought he was a really good passer. Oh, Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, yeah, he might be, but I never well, got see, to see him know. play. <laughs> Philadelphia. You saw, you we're, saw him when he was draft at. Picks, we're draft picks. The broken yard of whatever the skeleton <laughs> shipyard of dreams who did you know? did malcolm brogdon who won rookie of the year last year brogdon, brogdon. did yeah. yeah okay yeah, yeah it was a rough season wow what a rough rookie class yeah we could have had him could have had malcolm brogdon and, and chris middleton for Kyrie. <laughs> i'm okay i'll take crowder thanks no i know i know yeah, so i mean that that's not a bad package but the fact that we wouldn't get the pick i think you know I think the well, players are comparable, and the pick kind of changes the equation. It sure. does. It does. So, sure. EG, uh, your your take on the mellow trade? I mean, yet again, just peanuts on the dollar or penny, pennies on the dollar, however you want to say it. I think the Knicks painted themselves into such a corner long before. I mean, it was you know, it was it, the the die was cast when Phil Jackson was as. as uh, candid about his feelings towards Mello as he was last season. You know, he basically played last season as a lame duck. So I don't think he or the team wanted to go through that again. And, uh, you know, they were willing to take whatever they could get for him. And uh, honestly, it wasn't much. I mean, Enos Cantor, I, I don't think Enos Cantor is in the league in another three or four years. And I, I don't know that McBuckets is either. I mean, neither one of those guys is anything special. Cantor can fill it up but he certainly can't play any defense so he should go along just well just just fine on the Knicks team um but I you know I think these are guys that they've they've had a few different changes of scenery I don't think I don't think they're they they, if they if they were going to pan out they'd have panned out by now so um you know and then and then that pick is I think the pick is just you know where's that pick going to be right I mean it's they're probably going to be a in okay, the twenties somewhere. Yeah, okay, so he's probably a top four or five team in the in the West now, yeah. so that the pick doesn't really mean much. So I don't know. I mean look, no, maybe they, they get actually that was the most leaves. they were ever gonna get though, at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, look at the Cavs weren't trading Tristan and and Shumpert and and, a, and their own pick for him. So, you know, and and that probably would have been better. But uh, but yeah, I mean, they weren't getting a lot of offers for the guy. So I mean, look, they could have just bought him out, I suppose, and let him go his own way. But I thought I thought they had you something can go better. your own way. <laughs> I thought they had something better on the table. I I don't know. The summer's a blur to me. The Ryan I'm Anderson deal from Houston. Yeah, I know they didn't want to take back Ryan Anderson, <laughs> which is like, so contract. funny because you talk about guys that. You knew that the minute they signed that guy, he was going to be an albatross contract, yet they signed him anyway. It was like Brian Anderson and Timofey Moskov. Those were the two guys. Like, why are you signing that guy? They're always yeah. hurt, and they can't play. <laughs> but at least when he's healthy, you he can hit threes. Yeah. Like, like, well, yeah. Like Any, anytime you can give $80 million to a guy with a bad back, you got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the Knicks already did that last year with, with – uh... With Joachim Noah. Did they stretch yeah. pay him yet? No, supposedly he is in quote-unquote great shape, <laughs> <laughs> which will last about a week. So, yeah. Well, just remember that because we're hearing about how Rose is resurrecting his career. Yeah, Yeah, but he's with the Cleveland Clinic doctors, and they know how to fix people. <laughs> That's true. That's Maybe. 40 IT. So Maybe. Next, next question. Um, what are you – okay, so uniforms, yay or nay, E.G.? On the new uniforms that you saw wearing uh, it, uh, I'm uh, the jury's still out for me. I, I, my first, my knee jerk was yeah, but the more I've seen of them, the more they're growing on me. I liked how they looked in the media day today with the with the red and the and the blue. I, I'm digging the 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 Goodyear patch. I like um, the Goodyear patch. I will say that I'm not. A, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of the of the of the type the typeface. I thought they could have done a better job with that, but. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not down on the color scheme, I, and I like the, the the black one. Although on the it's weird on the on the black the special black jerseys, the C feels too big. Like it's yeah, almost it like doesn't too line crowded. up with the numbers right. Yeah. Like yeah. like I don't know if you saw the C next to JR's five, but it was like weirdly like just off just a bit, and it was yeah. it was strange. A little too big. A little yeah. too big. Yeah, but otherwise I'm 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 you know I don't hate them I don't necessarily I still they nothing I mean look the LeBron's first time around were were great jerseys and and uh, you know I love the throwbacks I love me some you know some some blue you know some blue and orange and you know some oh some, yeah the blue and orange was the best yeah the 2010 era the Shaq era one yeah but. Look, I I think it's you know it was time they needed they needed to do some you know get a little bit of change up. But they weren't obviously they weren't going to have the sleeve jerseys anymore with the change from uh, Adidas to Nike. So yeah, I, I like some of the touches. I like the I like the Goodyear you know patch. I like the you know, I like the colors. You know, I, I think I think they look sharp. Tom. Yeah, I mean, I hated the black like more than anything. And I see, now I hated the black until they won in it, and yeah, now exactly. it's my favorite uniform so, yeah, ever. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, so, exactly. oh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, I I think they look way too much like superhero costumes. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I look at them, the yeah. <laughs> I look at them and I just see Captain Marvel. So, okay, hey, nothing wrong with that. Okay, next question, and this is we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, so. Who makes the team? Uh, who gets cut? Uh, you got the end of your roster. You got uh, K. Felder or Tavares. 
Uh, do they make one of the two-way contracts? And uh, who gets cut? Uh, Senior Cajones or uh, or Richard <laughs> Jones? <Jefferson>. Senior. <laughs> Tom. Uh, Felder's gone. Well, Felder's gone. Tavares is gone. So who? So who else is gone? Um, <laughs> you're you're out. You're done. <laughs> Tom, Tom, we're losing Tom. I'm just, G. I'm just, I'm just hearing it in my mind. You can go your own way. <laughs> go your own way. You can you call it another lonely day. Okay. Uh, E.G., are you even going to take that question? Are you done? I'll take the question. I'll take the question. I'm not done. Uh... I'm not done, Nate. I, well, I mean, repeat the question. <laughs> <laughs> are you, you've effectively gotten the song out of your Grandpa, head, Tom. Yes, Turn your I'm hearing aid now. back on. I'm good now. I'm good now. <laughs> it is. It's like it's like we're going to visit Grandpa Pestak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tom, you're on. Yeah. What's the question? <laughs> okay, EG, you start, and I'll I'll okay. I'll give you the exact roster, guys, because I know you have them in his head, in your head. I got it in my head. Okay, so they get fifteen guys, plus they get the two. two do they eight. get two or three? Con- two. Uh, two. Two. Okay, and those are flex, right? They can add. They can bring them. They're like the practice squad, right? Yeah, but I they think can- that they can play like up to sixty games or something. Right. Okay. So I think. I think. Sadly, I think Tavares is, is just gets cut loose. I don't think he's on the practice squad either. Um, I do think they'll keep Felder because just because of the Dan Gilbert factor. I think they'll keep him on the on the. <laughs> you think they'll offer him a two way? You mean? Yeah, a two way. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's on the team. I think what, are they going to Skyline or what? What is a two way? It's the new thing in the G League where they can sign them to a. It's like a it's like a practice squad basically. Yeah, basically they, they can play contracts. up to so many games in the NBA and so many games in the G League, and then if they play over so many games in the NBA, then they get the converted contract, right? Converted to a regular season contract. Right, and then they get paid out because, or you have to make a roster spot for them. Yeah. So, so theoretically, I think, you got seventeen guys now. Yeah, because I think the new guy that they brought in. It sounds like they're going to give him one of those. So I think that John means Tavares Hall. is gone. Yeah, I think Tavares is gone, and I think, yeah. So I think I, I'm with you. I think probably RJ is gone. Uh, I think they'll try to trade him. If they can't trade him, they'll just cut him I loose. Thought and... we were getting rid of Senor Cajones in order <laughs> to keep. I think they will. I think, I think they're going to need until until the IT comes back. I think they're going to need. Uh, cajoled senior uh, around for a little bit for a little bit longer but I could see them I could see them making a a dump trade at the at the the deadline to to free up some some space with him because I I mean I don't need him and Isaiah we'd all wish Iman Shumpert a happy trails but yeah yeah well, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you, E.G. I think Kay Felder and probably uh, Holland or this other guy they just invited makes it that they'll keep that last two spots out. And whoever, whoever's competing in it for a training camp spot is really competing for those last two, two way contracts. And 
Yeah. And they're probably going to have to get creative on what they're going to do with if they sign Dwayne Wade. So. Well, I, I like your plan of like maybe you could package Zizek and and uh, and Shumpert and and maybe a second rounder in like two years and you know and, and do that. But you know, it's, it's a question of who. It's really a question of, of who out there would even be interested in yeah. taking it, which is crazy. Which is crazy to me because it's not like Shumpert's contract is ridiculous. I mean, he's he's making ten million a year, but you know, most most players make 10 all the million teams a year. ran out of money though. That I mean, people signed a bunch of guys to dumb contracts, and now everybody's out of money. So yeah. no, the the Suns just did that crazy, you know, TJ Warren trade yeah, deal today. There's, there's very few four guys, years and fifty. Yeah. Four yeah, there's very few guys for that. Warren. Yeah, I know. I don't get it. I mean, uh, Miles TJ Ward didn't even get that much. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Plumley just That's got true. forty-six million or something. Oh so. my god! And another wait. So I have one last thing to throw out too, which obviously keeps keeps going around on the uh, in the comments or whatever it is. So if the Cavs don't just hang on to the Nets pick, which I think reasonable people would just say, just hang on to the Nets pick and get yourself on the off chance that LeBron does does go somewhere, not to L.A., but somewhere else um, to make a super team. Or do you – is there a guy that, that you – that shakes loose that's available, which, you know, there's like three of those guys and – Probably at the top of that list is Cousins, right? I hate to break uh, his cousin. Yeah, I don't think I don't want. Cousins, I know you hate him. I'm just saying do, you don't. I, do hate like, him. I hate him too. Well, but. I like the idea of like a protege for LeBron, and I want like a wing player that's very athletic. You know, I don't know who that is. Um, well, they all kind of got traded in the off season, though. Right? They got forced out of their contracts, right? I mean, who is it? Who is that guy left? That you know, it's got to be somebody who's on, like, on still on kind of a rookie deal, right? I mean, ideally, you'd say it's Wiggins who, if he decides not to sign the Minnesota deal, they they can swing some sort of trade for him. But which would be ironic. But well, it's either that or it's a point guard. I mean, you look at a guy like what if a guy like would you do it for Dennis Schroeder? Would you do? Oh it for... no, never. <laughs> I'm that name in my presence. I just triggered. I just triggered Tom. Yeah, you did. Uh, what about? That was predictably awesome, by the way. <laughs> what about? I knew you were going to say that name, by the way. I knew. You what were about say Conley? That. Mike Conley. Oh, it's Conley. oh my God! Yes, please. This contract is ridiculous. I mean, this I don't contract know is ridiculous. Which if, that might be a bridge too far. If Memphis feels like they're rebuilding, that would be a good move for them. But yeah. Sure. I don't. Does Memphis really rebuild though? I feel like they they're kind of they just reload. A la, like, the Popovichian spirit. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I mean, you'd have to move You'd have to move Shump, probably Tristan, and another piece to take back Conley's salary, I think, right? Yeah. The other name that we talked about was C.J. McCollum, maybe. If uh, sure. I said I would go for that in a heartbeat. Sure. Which is funny because you know how much I got killed for the Kyrie for C.J. McCollum trade idea? Like, three years ago well this is basically it hey <laughs> you, you know? know the rules right you never trade you, you never trade a Kyrie, right that's just <laughs> it doesn't matter you sound so like, tired Tom. you'd be like we're getting chris paul back you'd be like 
how stupid are you? It'd be like, okay, we're getting Magic Johnson in his prime back. I can't believe you want to try to... It's like, okay, we're literally getting, like, the greatest point guard that ever played the game in his prime back for Kyrie Irving. No! Kyrie's, like, the best player ever. So you just don't ever trade. So don't try to act now like your trade idea was so reasonable. It was not reasonable, Nate. You were trying to trade away Kyrie Irving. Well, I think they, I mean, look, I still think they could have gotten, they could have gotten Chris Paul if Kyrie would have made his, made his trade demands known sooner. Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite, Nate? Yes. (laughs) Okay. You remember when that old guy shoots the cow? (laughs) You just shot a sacred cow by trying to trade a Kyrie Irving. Okay. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Tom, who do you well, want? Who oh, do you want for uh, for the Nets pick? Oh, man, you know I was really hoping we were going to get our hands on Eric Bledsoe. I just wanted to see what that would be like. Yeah, just add some athleticism. I don't know if I want him for uh, the Nets pick, though. No, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm just, I just, you know, I'm, th- I'm always thinking like this. You know, can we do something with Phoenix? But um... <laughs> Porzingis, I'd go for Porzingis. Oh, oh yeah, I do. If that started do going sour. Yeah, I do. That'd be great. That's a great one. I like that one. Okay. EG, anybody? Uh, Anthony Davis. I ooh, Oh, ooh. Anthony Davis in a heartbeat, but I don't think New Orleans is moving it. They're not going to move him until there's absolutely no shot at re-signing him. Yeah, until he demands his way out. Yeah, basically. Like, like, they, all, like, like they all do. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I mean, at this point, they're probably better off. I mean, unless they have a glaring need, they're probably better off just waiting and trying to get Bagley or Porter or that Dominic, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, Donkic guy. Yeah, I mean, any one of those guys is probably better than the mixed bag that they, that'll be available to them yeah. uh, in the NBA right now because Brown so many bag. of them. So many of the big names have already changed teams, and the ones that haven't are their teams aren't letting them go, like we talked about. The NBA so. claw game. Yeah, but no, but there will be there. I guarantee you, there will be no. Uh, the, if I set the over under it at fifteen times that that uh, Jalen Rose does the story on why the Cavs should trade that pick for Boogie Cousins uh, for, by the trade deadline, you I'm sure I would bet. take the over. Yeah, I would take the, the over. over. Bet the yeah. over. Yeah. Anytime you deal with anything that Jalen Rose says, but um, but now Jalen Rose believes that now now he's on the LeBron staying in Cleveland train. So oh, well, now I believe it. Yeah, so you know now now it's time to get worried. Um, you know, the only person we should be listening to is that uh, personal trainer Josh, the guy that predicted <laughs> LeBron was coming back. Whatever happened to that guy? Let's ask him what's up. He'll tell us. He'll give us the scoop. <laughs> Okay. Oh, there was also Cupcake Lady. Remember her? Oh yeah, Cupcake, Cupcake Lady from Stowe. That's right. Or or uh, Savannah James, hairdresser's friends, uh, gardener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I I did hear the rumors coming out of the hair salon. Uh... <laughs> recently, as you were no, not you're recently. Getting... No, when when that was all coming, it was like people were calling. I they were calling in a really big show. Like I work at this hair salon where Savannah James goes, and they say she says they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. sure, sure. Asking well, it was for a it friend. ended up being yeah. true. So anyway, yeah. so Tom, any crazy lawn mowing stories? 
How, how's the electric lawnmower going? Oh, dude, it's it's glorious, man. It is so <laughs> it is so good. It's working so well. Yeah, I and, love it. And and Tom, oh man, Tom, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but Tom is a busy man. Got Gosh. got a passel full of kids, and he's he's mowing his own lawn still, and he's teaching classes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mowing my own lawn still. Yep, I have not. Tom, made you gotta it yet. do what you gotta do. What I did, man. I replaced my lawn completely because because of the drought out here. So it's yeah. awesome. I love my fake grass. It's like a rock fake garden. Fakes. Oh, it's a fake grass. Fake grass. Yeah. There you go. I, this I, has been I, I lawn mower I've, I've actually. I've, I'll take a picture. Know. Send it to you. It's amazing. I don't know if you're allowed to have fake grass in Ohio. I mean, cutting grass is like a rite of passage. Oh yeah, the Ohioans I, are I did insane it for about so their long, grass. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know I did it for years. Uh, let's it's just say, not... Tom, if you and I are neighbors, we would not be friends. Like you would hate me because I'm Why? not. Because you don't I'm cut your a, grass. Well, I don't. I take care of my lawn, but I don't. I pay someone to cut my grass, but you put out hippie signs in like nine languages about how welcoming you are, but then not. No, but I refuse to use artificial fertilizers. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's cool. I'm down with that. Okay. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an environmentalista. Okay. Well, there you go. About it. I save lots of water by not having real grass. Yeah. That's for, that's, that's awesome, dude. That's the real deal. So how much did that, I mean, how much did that cost you? And like, at what point do you think you've made up the cost in not, you know, having to maintain a mower and not well, spending all your time cutting your grass? It cost like, me, it cost me eight grand to do okay. the whole, to do the whole thing. And honestly, well, it'll yeah, pay for itself in like 10 years kind of thing. I feel like it already has. Cause I don't have to do anything. Like, I don't have to do, I, I mean, because they put down the stuff so I don't get weeds either. So like, I don't have to edge. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to fertilize. I don't have to, you know, I, I don't have to hire a gardener anymore. I don't you have feel to. feel like that goes Wait. right, right into your equity. Like that increases Man. the value of your house. Yeah, you absolutely. have made it hire a gardener. What are you like Frodo Baggins or something? Like <laughs> he lives you hire in a gardener. No, I because I live in a I live in a I live in a, a community that um, <laughs> here it comes here it comes <laughs> I live in a, no I live in a in a in a uh, community with a with a, a housing admit whatever uh-huh. an HOA so HOA no but I have to, yeah but I HOA but I have to keep it up to a certain level and I'm like I don't have time to do that uh-huh. so yeah keep out the riffraff <laughs> but now I don't have a gardener so I don't have to pay that uh... guy. Man, it's like not only is automation stealing our jobs, fake lawns are stealing our jobs. <laughs> fake lawns. Fake lawns great again. Took our jibs. All right, so guys, have you seen this show? It's on Netflix. It's called The Detectorists. No. Oh, you got to watch it. it oh, is, that's it the is one so about good. the treasure hunters? Yes. And they like walk around with metal detectors all the time? Not yeah, a real yeah, word. Yeah. Yeah. word, Detectorists? Well, I've it seen it when show. scrolling. It is it is so good. I I honestly think like it's a comedy, right? It's a British comedy, and it's okay. like a it's like a slow burning cigar. It's just it's good till the last puff, and you just want more. And the the, the acting is superb. It, yes. I'm just I'm just kind of like I'm not laughing out loud, like, but I'm just like giggling the whole time. Like I don't know how to describe it. I'm gonna have to check that out. I've been I've been yeah, big on Master of out. None. Master of None. I referenced it in the blog today. Really good show. And then what's the other one? Yeah. I uh, so I kind of got hooked on Outlander, which I know is kind of a chick show, but my it's a good date show. Like good show. 
It's a good show. Good show to watch with your wife, and the acting on it has been really good this year. So, did you guys watch Ozark? I didn't. It's kind of one of those like I keep seeing it, but I don't know if I want to get invested. But I like Jason Bateman. It's only it's only eight, eight episodes, and okay. it's the closest thing I've found to Breaking Bad since Breaking Bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it looks like. Yeah. It's cool. good though. I, I you get through it pretty quick. Yeah, you guys to... watch the new Star Trek? Ah, oh, I thought it was terrible. I got I what so my DVR. This is what I hate about the DVR and the Sunday night with the football is they always push everything back an hour. So my DVR cut the first half of it, but I thought the first half was just awful. It's like this is the most like I've heard the Orville is much better. Oh really? I heard the opposite. I heard bad things about Orville and I heard good things about Star Trek, but I don't know. Well, Star Trek was just a, like as predictable as you could possibly imagine. From that's like the exact opposite review I read. <laughs> well, I guess you know you can find anything on the internet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's but true. But you're talking to a diehard Trekkie here too, so a lot a lot of people are irritated that it's starting out with a war because Gene Roddenberry never wanted war. So yeah, I don't know. I, it's just not the same for me without. I thought you were a Trekkie or a hippie. A Trekkie. <laughs> there was war in every single Star Wars. Like, what are you even Trek, talking Trek. about? Star Wars, Grandpa. This or is Star, Star Trek. Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> there was wars in every single one. Dude, all, like, the last seven <laughs> seasons of Deep Space Nine were just about a war. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm just buying the, uh, buying the, buying the BS. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like yeah, you know me. Tom. I only no read. I only read the headlines. You mean you know me? Yeah, I you only do. read the headlines. You do, you do only read the headlines. <laughs> now I'm convinced you didn't even read a review. You just read the headlines of a review. Uh, actually, it was just a tweet someone put out. So oh, even better, even worse. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, we got any parting thoughts? Anything? Because this podcast has gotten pretty long in the tooth, and we have been talking for That's two hours weird. and twelve minutes. Yeah, we have. Do you know I've Long been time. playing? Do you know I've been playing Rocket League this entire time? <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, That's why you time. didn't focus on the. <laughs> yeah, it was just one lap. Okay, one lap. It was an overtime. Yeah. I had to focus. So not tired. Rocket League. Yep. Uh, it's it's called multitasking. Note to man. self: When you got three kids under five, and, and you're you know working, what the best part? Like, isn't your class? Of, isn't your class about technical writing? Yeah. And time management and that kind of thing. No, it's not about. <laughs> I mean, it's about technical writing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess I just read the headline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been uh, Cavs the Blog. <laughs> and as always, go Cavs. Go Indians. October go baseball. Indians baby. and Cavs. Go Tribe. You can go Bonus coverage. Go, Ty. All right, bonus coverage. I took my daughter, who's five, to her first Indians game. It's really, I should say, my 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 father took his granddaughter to her first Indians game. I was there. Um, <laughs> and the there was a game? lot of interesting things about this day. I'll try to, like, you know, okay, not first of all, over first question, it. though. Did you take the yeah. Browns mobile? 
No, we did not take the Bronzeville because we took our minivan, which has her okay. car seat. Okay. Well, Bronzeville Beal is more for show, not for safety. <laughs> As you would know, since you've ridden in it, both of you guys have ridden in the Brownsville. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, so first thing, you know, we're, we park and we're walking towards uh, the stadium. And I'm just pointing out to my daughter. Mind you, who's never really seen, like, an actual downtown. I mean, we drive by downtown Dayton, but it's just not quite the same. I mean, the Terminal Tower and the Society Center or the Key Bank Building, those are, like, really tall skyscrapers, you know. And so it was kind of a different experience for her seeing it. And so, you know, now you just see this giant stadium right in front of you. I'm like, that's, you know, where the Indians play. That's the baseball stadium. And then I showed her um, the Cavs stadium. She knows all about the Cavs. I was like, that's where the Cavs play. And then I was like, and you can't see it from here, but over on the other side of town by the lake is a factory of sadness. (laughs) And then, you know, she started asking me all these questions about the factory of sadness. Like, what is the factory of sadness? Like, why is it sad? And then, you know, I was just being facetious. But then she's all like, what's a factory? And I was like, well, okay, so factory is where you kind of mass produce stuff. She's like, what is mass produce? It's like, well, okay. I'm like, so, you know, when you make a picture, it's like, yeah. Now, imagine if you made like thousands of pictures. So I had to go down this rabbit hole of describing a factory and how a factory could make sadness. And it was all lost on her. And that's my <laughs> that's my punishment for trying to be clever with a five-year-old. Um, but anyway, so we get to the game. And my dad, you know, and this is this is decent logic, right? His logic is like, I'm going to get the front row of the upper deck so that there's no, you know, like large person that can obstruct, you know, my granddaughter's view of the game. It's like a good idea in theory. Have you guys ever sat at that row, like the first row of seats in the upper deck? I have not. Okay. Yeah. It is terrifying. There is, a, <laughs> there is a rail that, I mean, is probably like eight inches high, and there's like a 40-foot drop into just cement. I, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, it's not even the kind of thing where you would worry about someone. I mean, you, you see stories about people, like, lean over to catch a foul ball, and they're just being stupid, and they fall off. This is like the kind of thing where I'm thinking, I don't understand how I don't hear about this, like, every game. Like, oh, someone was just getting out of their seat to go to the bathroom, happened to lose their footing just a little bit, and then there was conveniently this, like, eight-inch tripping mechanism in front of them that caused them to fall to their death. Like, I was just, I was so anxious the entire game, because all my daughter likes to do is climb on crap, and I'm like, (laughs) oh, yeah, of course, this is all she wants to do, is, like, you know, climb on this thing. And so it was, it was, like, really kind of nerve-wracking. But it just got me thinking because, you know, that kid got hit, that little child got hit with the baseball. And I'm thinking, boy, I, I just I'm shocked that I've never heard a story about someone at Progressive falling from like that row. And you would not probably make it if you fell from there. Are you, so are anyway, you, are you Googling that now, E.G.? Because I heard you no. talking. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> he's got, I was Googling he's got something else. <laughs> but that's that, not, that sounds scary. Not, EG man. was playing Rocket like, League. <laughs> I was. I was. No, I was checking my work email. I was checking my work email because I'm waiting for a uh I'm waiting for a download of a of a uh revised version of, of this movie we have coming out. So Okay, well last story about the Indians game. Uh, <laughs> 
there's like a little children's area. Have you guys ever seen this? Oh yeah, it's on got, the yeah, yeah, level. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we decide it's like, of course, it's like the middle of the first inning, and my daughter it looks like she just wants to go to sleep and is like, "Is it over yet?" And so I'm thinking, yeah, we're not going to make it through this game. At some point, we're going to have to break this up, you know, somehow. And you know, we heard about this like play area. So like, well, that sounds good. Let's go down there. So if you've been down there, there's like a there's like a large area with kind of probably inflatable stuff that you can, um, you know, you can climb on and stuff like that. Well, the line is exceedingly long for this thing. And there's an usher there, and he looks at us, and he's like, are you guys waiting in line to go to the fun zone or whatever? And we're like, oh, yeah. And he's like, and then we ask him, okay, you know, how fast does this line go? And he says, well, actually, they allow, you know, 200 people in there, and they don't. there's no time limit. To, so it's really, it's just as people come out, we let more people in. And so we're sitting here looking at this line of, like, 100 people, and we're thinking, so basically – a hundred people are going to have to leave before we get in. And he kind of looked at us like, you probably just shouldn't wait in this line, go do something else. We thought, okay. So we start walking around. And then the next thing is this cool little wall and like a photo of Kenny Lofton's catch. And it's like, Hey kids, like jump up and just like leap up at the wall. And they put little balls in there that you got to try to reach. So that was kind of cool. And there's a line of like five kids. And so after like 30 seconds, she gets to do it. But after like two times, it's like, oh, it's kind of boring. So then we go over and there's a little simulator with like a radar gun for throwing pitches. And I mean, as long as I can remember, um, you know, kids zones at baseball games had things like this with radar guns. Well, this thing takes it to a whole new level because there's like, you know, it's like a simulated game, which at first I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Then I realized this might be the dumbest thing that anyone has ever like agreed was a good idea because there were probably 10 people in line in front of us. And we waited there. No joke for like 40 minutes <laughs> because, but here's and how then thing... she got up there and she told her manager that a simulated game isn't even going to help her. She's got to really be on the mound. So <laughs> next time you're at a game, just go walk down there and watch that whole thing. Because there's a woman standing there. That's like, you know, the, the, um, the operator, if you will, and she hits a reset button and it goes through like a one minute animation of a player walking up and a splash screen. And I'm just sitting here like, what the heck am I even watching? How does it not like you hit reset and it's just like, go. It's like yeah. I'm watching like the trailer for a movie or something just sitting there and you can't do anything. And then after this whole trailer of like walk up entrance music ends, she hands the kids the balls, and even then, there's, like, an animation of the guy, like, getting into the box and waggling the bat. I'm just like, is this for real? And then and you it's, wait even... And it's Mike Hargrove, so it takes forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you wait even longer for the stupid thing to say, like, go ahead and throw. So if that's not bad enough, like I said, it's almost like a simulated game. So if by chance... The simulate. Oh, and by the way, you're pitching against the Indians, which makes like zero <laughs> sense since you're probably an Indians fan. Why would you want to strike out the Indians? But anyway, so now you're like trying to get Indians players out. And guess what? If you're just throwing like 40 mile an hour meat up there, um, they're probably <laughs> going to hit it. And then when they hit it, guess what happens? A new batter has to come up. So you get the two minute like walk up thing again. And you don't have the X button. Can you, button to, can to you, to can you like throw it? 
can you throw out their heads and get thrown out? No, but you can walk, guys, and there's a walk animation. I mean, it's like the longest thing. And so, so I'm sitting there. So how old's your daughter, Tom? Five. She throws 40? That's pretty good. No, she did not. <laughs> but some kids did. But I'm just sitting here like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, it takes like 10 minutes per kid to throw three stupid pitches. Well, that's pretty funny because, like, this is literally the video game generation. And, like, most of these kids have already, like, you hit X to skip the cutscene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and this there was no skipping of the cutscenes. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, I mean, seriously, like, someone thought this was a good idea. Like, and, and I'm I'm looking at people behind us. And as we got a line, I, I just said, I'm like, uh, you're going to be here a really long time. <laughs> like, when we were here, there, we, like, we were still inside, you know, the elastic, like, fake um rail ropes or whatever and you're not and i waited here for 45 minutes like you know i i lost i lost like two and a half innings just sitting here at this place (laughs) thinking and then you know i i I just i don't know sometimes i just don't understand like i know i'm complaining like it's like the uh the uh louis ck skit about the guy complaining about wi-fi on a plane but you know just i don't know don't be stupid like make (laughs) it But just stick a radar gun there, like that we had when I was a kid. That takes three pitches, and oh look, kid, you throw fifty miles an hour. You know, I'm sure you got a career ahead of you in the big league. You know, <laughs> okay. Then we got to have like virtual reality walk up music. <laughs> so you told your kid's story, so now I got to tell my kid's story. So Friday or Thursday night, I get the. Uh, I get the millennial language um, lesson from my 13-year-old. And, and we started with the word woke because, of course, my oh, daughter God. does not know what woke means. Or my <laughs> wife does not know what woke means. So she, my wife, my daughter had to explain it. And, you know, we, we did some <laughs> urban dictionary looking up. And, you know, it's a state of perceived intellectual superior support, superiority one gains by reading the Huffington Post. <laughs> oh, is that, really what, is that what it, was that one of the definitions? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good. But you know, being aware, knowing what's going on in the community, all that stuff. You know, you know what woke means, Tom. Especially I, I stay woke. woke. Yeah, yeah. very much stay woke. Getting woke is like being in the matrix and taking the red pill. But what I didn't know was turnt. <laughs> Do you know what turnt so, is? Sure, Dude, of course. Michelle Obama was turnt. What, what I did, I had never heard turnt before. Yeah, man. So what is turnt? Like it's lit. Turned <laughs> up, man. That turned was the other one. That turned, came turned up to eleven. Okay. Turnt, yeah. Now lit's more like a drug reference, though. I think. Well, no, it's no. not anymore. Lit's not anymore. just like this is a not crazy anymore? party. It's lit AF, bro. Right. You're, re- you're reading Urban Dictionary too, aren't you? Lit AF, yeah. That was literally no. the definition on an Urban Dictionary. No, I just, I, I follow some Fear the Sword people. I oh. get all I need in my Twitter. <laughs> You're very woke. Yeah, at least the ones that don't block Okay, me because... so turnt is someone excessively excited or prepared for the current event. In its entirety, it can commonly be seen to be used as turnt up or turned up. 
right? <laughs> oh, if you say turned up though in the yeah. hood, you're gonna get beat yeah. up. You're gonna get turned. Yeah, because turn. <laughs> it's easier to say turn. Yeah, <laughs> bra. This party about be about to be turned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that has been uh, Millennial Adjectives uh, by Cavs the Podcast. So each I don't have any stories quite as good as that. Let's turn this in the bud. Okay. And and I don't know if you know this, but long in the tooth means you have a really long podcast, so we should probably stop recording. Yeah. yeah. That's, fine with, that's fine with me. Go see Blade Runner. Or don't. Oh, when's that coming? I will. Next weekend. Okay. Go I'm, watch The Detectorists and let me know what you think. I will. I'm 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 intrigued now to watch the detectorist because I don't believe that's a word, but I'll still watch the. Well, it probably isn't. In fact, like a recurring joke is that people come in and say, "Oh, you're metal detectors," and they they reply, "We're detectorists," and they say, "What?" and they go, <laughs> "They go, never mind." <laughs> yeah, it's too long to explain. Yeah, Fair I love enough. it though. I, you know, I think one of the honestly biggest problems of just TV and media is that. Um, you know, people talk about this before, right? How like every sitcom takes place in New York or something like that. Well, everything I've ever seen that's like British takes place in a city or takes place in London or something like that. And this takes place in a town. I don't know if it's fictional or not called Daneberry. And it is like the English countryside. And it, yeah. the, the show feels like the 12 or 13 characters in the show are like the only people in this town. Like it just feels very quaint. That's how the British countryside feels. That's <laughs> well, sure. that's how the show feels. And I don't know. I don't know what to say, except I, I've never seen anything quite like it. I can't really describe it and I really enjoy it. So, I mean, I mean, right. good, yeah, good call. I want to check it out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stay woke, everyone. Stay woken. Stay it. Stay it. Stay woke. AF. Very much, very much woke. Very much.